0: It's wonderful to be back with you, and we're looking this morning at Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 18. Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. It's a famous story, one that I'm sure you've heard preached from or read many times before. But in this series, over the next few weeks, we're looking particularly at the word in the Greek, it's a couple of words in English, in the middle, which is tharseo in verse 22, take heart, take heart, or be encouraged, take courage. This is what Jesus says to the woman in the story, and that's what Jesus is saying to us today. But first, we look at the context of the passage, it says at the beginning of the passage that we heard read this morning that Jesus was mid-teaching. And while he was saying this, the synagogue leader interrupted. While Jesus was teaching, imagine being brave enough, maybe desperate enough, to interrupt Jesus' preaching. I'm not sure I would have had the courage to do that. But here we see a man at the end of himself, totally desperate. And then in the middle of the passage we see a woman at the end of herself, totally desperate. And what we see in Jesus is that he lays aside his teaching to care and the message that we receive through his actions as well as his words can impact us today. I want to look at the three phrases that Jesus says to the sick uh, woman, but not in the order that Jesus says to them. So I'll start with, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Amazing words. But sometimes when I read those words, I'm confused at best or feel condemned at worst. When I pray, healing doesn't always happen. In fact, often when I pray, healing doesn't happen. If the woman's faith has healed her, maybe those I pray for mustn't be healed because of my lack of faith. But in fact, Jesus is saying something rather different here. He's congratulating the woman for her courage in coming forward in belief. Just like the synagogue leader, the woman presses forward through the crowd. She doesn't have enough courage to interrupt Jesus But she says, if only I could get close enough, that would be enough. We see in both stories that it's clear that it's only ever Jesus' power at work. So when Jesus says, your faith has healed you, it's still the power of God. But Jesus never imposes himself. He doesn't force himself on people in the Gospels, saying, you look ill, why don't I heal you? You're blind, let me help you. No, instead, he waits to be asked. And in fact, often even when he is asked, he asks more questions. What do you want me to do for you? we need to recognize our own power because Jesus responds to us. Jesus responds to our prayer. It can be easy to think that if God wants to heal, he will heal. But these stories in the gospel show us that God often acts at our initiative, our request, our reaching out. And it's not only the faith of the injured party that can have an effect, as with the woman. Jesus' words, your faith have made you well, are immediately followed by raising from the dead. The dead girl certainly would not in death have been able to ask Jesus and have faith for herself. In this case, it's the father of the girl who has faith, but it's not only the faith that we have that jesus will do something but it's the confidence to ask it's the confidence to believe that jesus will respond the synagogue leader says if you come she will live the woman says if i touch him i will be healed These are strong statements of faith, but they didn't only think that in their minds, they acted on it. They put their belief to work in asking Jesus. They put their faith to work in interrupting Jesus with confidence. And interrupting Jesus, it seems, has amazing effects. Asking Jesus and believing that he can and will act has an effect on situations that we face. And Jesus desires that we come to him, to ask him if we can do no more, to simply reach out and touch his cloak. It may feel as though we're interrupting him from more important work. But Jesus shows us here that he always has time for his people who come to him in faith. The first thing that Jesus says to the woman is take heart. Take heart. And what's interesting to me about the way that these stories are written, the way that they happened in scripture is that here we've got a man at his lowest ebb and a woman at hers, maybe typifying for us some of the things that we face. The father's greatest instinct is to protect his family, his charge, those more vulnerable than him. He has that wonderful male instinct to be the provider and the protector. But here we see that he is the one who becomes vulnerable, as he isn't able to protect his daughter from death. The trauma of losing a child, the sense of utter helplessness and desolation, that was what the synagogue leader was facing, his own vulnerability instead of his own strength. And then the woman, through this long illness of over a decade, she would have been so lonely, so isolated, so unloved. For many years, she was deemed to be unclean through her illness, so she was unable to worship with her community, unable to take part in social occasions. Imagine the desolation of being rejected, being alone. And it's to these situations that Jesus says, take heart, have courage. Another translation is cheer up, which sounds totally glib, but in fact, Jesus is calling us to another way of being because he's promising to us that he is on the move, that he is acting, that his help is on its way. Jesus offers to us hope and healing and wholeness, even at our lowest ebb. The third thing that Jesus says to the woman is that he calls her daughter. Jesus' is healing brings a wholeness that's relational, not just physical. And we often see with stories of healing that we hear in our own church here that Jesus heals on multiple layers. Perhaps the physical layer is the top layer. It's most visible. Someone might come and ask for a healing of a physical ailment. But there's often a deep spiritual and emotional healing that happens too. And Jesus never does just one thing in his healing. The woman who had been ostracized from her community for such a seemingly shameful reason was not only healed of her physical illness, but called daughter. Jesus is concerned not only with her physical health, But he sees the deep impact that this has had on her whole life, including her social and relational world. And with a word, he brings healing to that too. The wonderful words of Jesus, daughter, let the woman know that she's loved, known and accepted. She's accepted by Jesus And from there can also be accepted by the rest of the community too. But what's interesting to me in this passage is when Jesus uses that word daughter, it's the second time in the passage that the word is used. The original daughter in the story is the girl who dies. The synagogue leader refers to his daughter using the same word, expressing his love and his deep connection to her. So when Jesus uses the same word for the woman, Jesus is expressing that same distress over her frailty, over her pain, over her sadness, expresses the same longing to have her back and it's there for her too. Jesus is saying, look at this father and daughter, how much the father loves his child. That's how I feel about you. I'll interrupt. I'll look foolish. I'll come for you. Not just a synagogue leader, but Jesus does that for us too. He interrupts what he's doing to come for us. When we don't have someone to go for us, as the father of the girl did, someone to have faith for us, when we don't have any for ourselves, Jesus says, I'll do it. I'll come for you and to you and because of you, and I will draw you in. I will heal you and bring you back to wholeness. So take heart. And as we're in the season of Easter in the church at the moment, thinking in particular about the resurrected Jesus, I wanted to draw our minds back again to some of the words that Jesus spoke after his resurrection. In John 20 verse 21, he says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus, at the end of his time on earth, says, you've seen me do all of these things. Now it's over to you in the power of the Spirit. You're the ones to bring healing in my name. You're the ones to encourage those who have lost hope and to say, take heart. You're the ones to say, daughter, son, brother, sister, to those who feel themselves to be outside the family of God, to show them what it means to be accepted and to be loved by God. Not only to call them those names, but to really become their family. That's the kingdom. That's the church. As we do that, we can be the ones who, just as Jesus does in this story, brings those layers of healing to people. We pray for physical healing. We pray for emotional and mental healing. But we can also bring layers of healing through our actions, through our inclusion of other people, through our responding as family to those around us. We're commissioned by Jesus to be his hands and feet to be those who care to those to be those who are willing to be interrupted so i wonder this morning how you can let yourself be a bit more interrupted and say to someone else this week take heart brother Sister, take heart. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your example. We thank you that you show us how to live, how to live a life that brings reconciliation, that brings wholeness, and that brings healing. And we pray now that you would come by your Spirit to each of us here and fill us so that we might be those who can give courage to other people, that we can encourage, that we can bring hope where hope is lacking, that we can be the ones to hold faith when faith is lacking. Come, Lord, and fill us afresh and lead us into this week in your name. Amen.